0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Magic Soul Podcast. I am your host, Liz, and today I am joined by my beautiful friend, Lisa, who is a teacher, a musician, a best-selling author. Lisa, welcome. Oh, thanks, Elizabeth. It's really great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Do you want to start by just introducing yourself and letting everybody know kind of who you are and what you do? Absolutely.
1: Sure. And like many women out there in your audience, I'm sure, I wear many hats uh, at different times. I'll start off with uh, being a teacher because I guess that's what I've been the longest. Uh, I'm an educator of over 27 years. Uh, Been teaching music with the Toronto Catholic School Board. And of course, now that we are all in the same position of being in lockdown, I'm teaching online. And so um, kudos to all the Parents out there who are dealing with with online learning. It's not easy. Uh, my other passions take a lot of different um, formations. I I love helping women and inspiring them to, to just step into their power and light. And that that comes in a lot of different ways. It could be through being a consultant with Epicure, because I love providing families with healthy meal solutions and, and teaching people how to be stress-free in the kitchen. It could be also through community building. I'm a leader with City, which is a global organization that does so much more than networking. We we really um, think our, our mantra is positivity and gratitude are the pillars. And when you live by those, so many great things flow from that. So I've been with that organization for three years now, and I lead the chapter here in Markham. And most recently, along with your beautiful self, I'm a recently best-selling author with a wonderful co-authored project called Women Let's Rise. That is a new uh, tagline that I can can add on, but honestly, it, it means so much more to me than something on a resume. It It was a process that was so healing and so cathartic for me at the time and uh i know that we'll be speaking you know in, in your podcast about that chapter but just in general it was a really rewarding experience from start to finish and i can't even say finish because it's still something that is bringing in new opportunities for me even today
0: mm-hmm. i love how you said how healing it was um just the power of, and it doesn't have to be something written that's going out into the world or becoming a best-selling book or whatever it might be, just writing down what is what is present for us and, and the things that we're moving through can be so healing. 100%. <laughs> so I know in your chapter, you talk a lot about intuition, and this is something that I love to talk about. So I want to get your perspective on it. So why don't I just open the floor and you just kind of let me know how you sort of fell into your own intuition, how you started trusting it and then allowing it to guide.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd be happy to talk about that. It was definitely a process. And one thing that I tried to um, capture in, in writing my chapter is that it's not something that for me or I think for anyone happens overnight. Uh, I spoke about how I started out trusting my intuition from when I was a young girl. And there were situations that would arise where I just had that gut feeling that something's not right. Now we can all, you know, there's so many names for our intuition, our our inner knowing, our inner child, our gut feelings, our higher self. And, And a lot of times, you know, people can feel sort of like the sense of, well, it's just so woo woo, like what what do you mean by that? And I think that comes back to the fact that oftentimes in North American society anyway, I find that we are often um, instructed, whether it's maybe by parents, by well-meaning caregivers or teachers that you should rely on logic. because That is what is practical. That is what will be there for you. What I explore in my chapter, though, is that I feel as women, a lot of times that's just not the right fit. Not to say that we aren't logical beings, because we can access that part of our minds and use it whenever is necessary. But I find that to deny the innate um, gut feelings, those instincts, that, that inner guidance system that we all have, when we deny that part of ourselves, we can end up feeling more stressed and anxious than we need to. So my process of of kind of falling into that knowing and trusting that uh, intuition that I had came about through a lot of personal upheaval, because you know I went through a time period in the last couple of years where I went from being married to to being separated, and that. That in itself is a a real big process, uh, one that has many ups and downs. And uh, a lot of what I found through that process though, was that I needed to really hone in on that inner knowing, that inner being that was trying to probably speak to me and I was perhaps shutting it out. It just became louder. And I think that happens sometimes for good reason. Uh, so I, I, I really tried to uh, realize that I needed to trust it more. And by doing that, it opened up a lot of feeling for me. And I'm just really glad that I'm able to write about that. Perhaps, you know, there may be women out there who are going through a similar process. It doesn't have to be separation or divorce, it could be, there's so many things that we go through in our lives that require us to, to really go back to that, that inner self of, of, um, of trusting your, your gut. And I just found that by writing about my experience, if that helps one person, then, hey, that's that, I've done my job. And, and as an author, I'm sure you can relate. We just want our words to have meaning and impact for others. So that's really how I, I fell into this project.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I like how you speak about how we have this tendency to sort of suppress or deny our intuition. And I do think it is very much uh, a result of the environment that we grow up in. Look at children. Look at how like beautifully intuitive they are. Look at... Um, a baby, how they breathe perfectly, right? Like their body just knows how to breathe. And then us as adults are sucking it in and not expanding our diaphragm or a toddler that's learning to walk and they squat down perfectly, like little things like this, but it's because they're, they're so intuitive and their body knows exactly what it needs and what it needs to do and when it needs it. And we put on these layers of like, shoulds and all of this stuff and we get so disconnected from that
1: you're absolutely right and i think that a lot of times i found that there is a lot of exterior noise whether it's other other people's voices um giving even well-meaning opinions of what we should or shouldn't be doing uh whether it's just our overriding striving of wanting to do more and be more whether it's the fact that we have this long to-do list. What I found uh, that's been particularly helpful to me in this process of getting to know myself is really focusing on staying in the present moment. And that's so much easier said than done, you know? And when when we look at those examples that you gave of, of, of a baby or a child, just knowing knowing themselves and knowing what to do instinctively and how we've strayed so far from that. I think, of my, I think of my dog, Chloe. She cracks me up on a regular basis, but the thing that I totally love is watching her in just with wild abandon, just rolling around in the snow. And she's not really thinking about anything else, but satisfying that need right there, right then. And it's, you know, it's not, futuring it's not thinking about, well, I better not spend too much time rolling in the snow. She's just enjoying herself. And I really try and take a page out of her book because you can't help but realize how we humans would oftentimes be so much more joyful if we could stay more in that present moment. Just being trust, trusting the fact that we have this moment we have this breath, that's what's known. That's what we can count on and not trying to either dial back to past events and dwell in those or future about what's coming up and worrying about those. So for me, trying to be mindful, trying to be you know, do meditation practices that keep me in the present moment have been transformative in that
0: way. Mm-hmm. And I think this ability to be present is so key in tapping into our intuition. And I like that you gave the example of your dog, because again, this is kind of what I think about is dogs or children. And my dog doesn't tend to bark at people. There are very few times he has barked at people, but when he does, it's usually a sign that he's like, I don't want to be around that person kids seem to have the same tendency right like they seem Mm -hmm. to just they're drawn to certain people they're not drawn to others that's all coming from their intuition and the reason that they can tap into it is because they're so present in that exact moment just like your dog rolling around in the snow like she's so (laughs) present in that moment So, yeah, I just think that's uh, something to be noted is this ability to be in the present moment so that we can tap into our intuition. And of course, that's going to fluctuate because we're human. We're not always going to be present. But what I was going to ask, and you touched on it, was some of the tools that you use. So you've created like a meditation practice for yourself that keeps you um, grounded in that moment? Yes,
1: absolutely. I found that I I really started to... um to reap the benefits of that during the first lockdown so you know um, I, I I would say I was probably a dabbling meditator before that I I'd do it at times I would in, absolutely enjoy the benefits for the moment and then kind of forget about it and uh, until there was something that perhaps some um, you know some sort of crisis or something that made me feel that okay no I need to to really go within what i found though during that extended period of time last year when we were all at home and and sort of (laughs) in the first time around not knowing what was going on um, i joined a few different you know kind of test drove a few different meditation practices um whether it be ones by deepak chopra they were fabulous those that was my first taste and then um, later on as Actually, during the summer and into the fall, my naturopath introduced me to um, mindfulness practice. And I joined that through a course that she was doing online. That was just like mind blowing (laughs) because that really allowed me to, to, to steep myself in the practice because it was several hours a week that we were online doing it together. It was a very experiential course. It wasn't theoretical, like, you know, this is what mindfulness is about, X, Y, Z, write down notes. It was much more about experiencing it for yourself and in a group setting and then practicing it on your own. So that was one thing that really grounded me. And I am continuing to do, although the course is done formally, I'm still Um, tapping into that community because we have a maintenance course that we can all as graduates go to um, on a monthly basis and and that's wonderful too. Um, One other practice that I really want to encourage your listeners to look into and you know you might already be doing this is a gratitude practice. Something that starts your day on a vibration that is about you know, anything but yourself. Because <laughs> we can get so, uh, as the day goes on, you know, thinking about what's going on in our own little world. What I think has really helped me tremendously is thinking about what I have to be grateful for and putting that, sending that love out as a vibration, emanating from my heart. And I found that doing a gratitude ritual at the start of the day has, has been just a wonderful way to, again, tap into that intuitive power that we all have. Um, another part of that practice that I found really interesting is not just writing down a list, for sure, writing down five to 10 things is part of it, but another kind of twist of that is getting to the core of why you're grateful for it. And it's not something you need to note in your journal. I do sometimes, but other times I just repeat the list after I'm done and I think about why I'm grateful for that person or that situation or that thing. And again, what I, I really feel that it does is raises my vibration. Um, and it just makes me more attuned to all that I have to be thankful for and uh, it's in a good space to start the day. So. Those are some tools that I use on a, on a regular basis.
0: I love that. I'm curious, switching gears a little bit, but I'm just curious what you have to say on this topic, because I know you're also like really passionate about healthy, easy meals. Um, How does intuition link into the way that we're nourishing our bodies? Oh, that's such a great topic,
1: Elizabeth. I I can speak on that one from experience because um, many, many years ago I I knew in my gut that something was wrong. And you know, at that time I I was had just started seeing my my naturopath and turning to her for advice when things were were going wrong with me medically. But I was also, you know, it's kind of in both worlds. Western medicine was basically telling me, "There's nothing wrong with you. Just you know, go back to eating the way you've eaten all the time." But, every time, but I knew every time I ate uh, wheat, anything with gluten, I'd just be mashed up and not feeling well, and, and it could be you know it could have been minor symptoms and, and, or major ones, but I was not getting any affirmation. So that was a time when I really had to trust my gut, in, and I say that literally and figuratively, yeah. uh, because I knew that my gut was messed up. Yet I kept being told, "No, you—you know, you're really fine because you don't have celiac, so just go back to norm to your normal diet." I'm really glad, looking back on those days, that I did trust my intuition on that score because. Um, I followed up by doing some other tests through my naturopath and realized that I had non-celiac gluten sensitivity. It wasn't something uh, 10, 12 years ago that that was even that known or that um, researched or, or talked about. But when I heard that diagnosis, it really made sense. And I was like, oh, finally. <laughs> okay. So I can just you know, go ahead with healing my gut and and feeling much better by avoiding gluten. Um, It led me to uh, finding a company, a Canadian company that I then later became a a consultant with, and I'm still with to today, Epicure. And I love their easy meal solutions because it allows allows me to uh, cook for my family in a way that's safe. For me, I'm not into making two meals—one gluten-free for myself and one for my for the rest of my family—that like seemed seems like a lot of work. And uh, even back then, when I joined Epicure um, seven and a half, almost eight years ago, I knew that that wasn't something that was feasible. So, having those options, those healthy meal solutions that you could make in minutes, it just tr- really transformed my way of cooking for myself and my loved ones. And I knew I I could trust what was in my food. So that is an awesome question. I'm really glad that we
0: got to touch on that too. Mm-hmm. And it all sprouted from you knowing intuitively that something was not right. And maybe you didn't know what that thing was but you knew intuitively, I need to keep searching. And so you advocated for yourself until you could find what that was. And, and I think we can apply that to individual foods when we're eating them if we can really touch in with our bodies we can kind of get to know what works for our body and what doesn't because every body is so uniquely different so what works for you might not work for me and vice versa so if we can touch into this like this understanding with our own body we can really gauge what our body's looking for in terms of the way that we're nourishing it not just with food, this can apply to exercise, to meditation, to any type of practice that we're we're engaging with, Um, anything really just getting in tune and checking in with what it is we want and what it is we need, what our bodies are asking for, not what somebody on the internet says we should be doing.
1: Yeah, you're right. And and so often, we want to look beyond what our body may be telling us, and because a lot of times we're so focused on what someone else is doing or what worked for your friend, neighbor, sister, you know, uh, whatever, and and that can can sometimes take you off the path of of looking within and starting there, um, and that that really comes back to you, right? Trusting your trusting your intuition and and really leaning into what your body's telling you at the, at that time so yeah good point
0: mm. okay Lisa this has been amazing thank you so much um for anybody that is curious to read more I will link in the episode notes where you can go to purchase uh Lisa's yeah. book Women Let's Rise and you will also find myself in there and many <laughs> other wonderful authors absolutely Lisa do you have any like last minute notes that you want to leave the listeners with Oh, yes, I would, you know, one thing that I would um,
1: definitely like to touch on that I think you, you just said very well is checking in with yourself during the day. Uh, I found this to be a really great grounding practice, something that I never used to do prior to taking on meditation and mindfulness. And it's just as simple as asking yourself, how am I feeling? and really connecting with whatever answer comes up. But I think it starts with awareness. And that's, it's been a real life changer for me, just taking a moment to, and it doesn't have to be in moments of stress. It could just be when you're having a good day, when you're feeling just like things are grooving and things are going along smoothly, but, but taking that time to check in with you. Um, that has been a wonderful light for me as far as um just being able to tap into that intuitive wisdom that's always there waiting to speak
0: it's such a simple exercise and it's so powerful um i find it helpful to put a reminder in your phone if this mm. is something that you want to implement into your day Great just idea. pick a certain time each day for that alarm to go off to say Hey, how am I feeling? What does my body need right now? Just pause and check in with yourself. Mm-hmm,
1: absolutely, yep. Yeah. And I, I often ask it, frame it in um, terms of what would be what would best serve me in this moment. And you know that that answer it, it could be very different depending on on the time of day and what is happening. But I think if if at the end of the day the intention is to really nourish yourself then that's the vibe you're going to be putting out, right? And, and it, it, it just really feeds into, again, that sense of knowing yourself
0: and trusting yourself. Yeah, oh, I love that. Okay, Lisa, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, where is the best place for them to do that? Instagram, Facebook? Both, actually, thanks.
1: Yeah, definitely please reach out on either Facebook or Instagram. My handle is the same in both places. It's dot With Lisa. And I'm also on LinkedIn, Lisa Pinnock. And uh, I'd love to uh, meet your wonderful audience and continue the conversation at any time. Thanks, Lou.
0: Amazing. Okay, thank you so much, everyone. I will link those. So if you're listening, you can just click and head on over to Lisa's pages and have a chat with her. Send me a message. Let me know what your biggest takeaways have been This has been the Magic Soul Podcast. Lisa, thank you so much. Uh, Thanks again. This was really fun. All right, everyone. I hope you have an awesome day.